Have you ever been to an event and afterwards maybe you heard someone who was not there talking about it through secondhand information? That's kind of a pet peeve of mine and you know rarely ever does the integrity of a story hold up through multiple retellings without going back directly to the source. I've heard the book of Ruth preached probably for 40 years now Um, and I remember I had to memorize excerpts of it back in my missionette days at First Assembly of God back in the day. Um, In order to become a star, S-T-A-R, we had to earn our Susanna, Tabitha, Anna, and Ruth awards. I remember that. <laughs> that's a that's a plug for children's ministry. If you do that, that's a good thing. But when I read Ruth directly, directly from the scripture, without the limitations of what I've always heard, without the storyline that someone else has set for me, and I like to read the Bible that way. I like to 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 clear my mind of any. Um, preconceived notions and read the story directly from the Bible without without something to guide me. When I read Ruth that way, a distinct story unfolds before me, and it's a little bit different than the way I've heard it preached. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of room for interpretation, um, but let's just talk about Ruth for a minute. Ruth as a person Ruth is the very picture of a sinner. She represents a sinner. She is a Moab native. Do you remember who Moab was? Moab was the son that was born to Lot's oldest daughter when they fled Sodom and Gomorrah. And she had an an incestuous one-night stand with her father, Lot, while he was passed out drunk. I'm sure you remember the story. They fled and the, the, the wife turned to a pillar of salt and it was just this horrendous thing. And then they hide out in this cave and, and this girl and her sister both um, take turns um, with their father who is, is passed out drunk and had no recollection of anything that happened. And they both conceived children from that affair and... This child's name, this son was born, was named Moab. These are the people that Ruth descended from. This is her history. These are her ancestors. Her history is muddied with perversion and sexual sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. Listen, She's if you think you've got history and you don't you're kind of embarrassed of where your family comes from, think about Ruth for a minute. Think about that. And so many generations at this point in, in the story of Ruth have passed since Moab was born. Um, generations have gone by to the point that the the Moabites, the people living there, Ruth, they don't know anything of the one true God. Her culture embraces idolatry. It's all they know. Her heritage, her identity, and her security are all wrapped up in Moab. That's all they know. That is the picture of a sinner. That's all they know. I get so frustrated sometimes as a Christian 
watching other Christians and having to be careful myself because I've been guilty as well. But we get mad at the world for being sinners. We get mad at sinners for sinning. That's all they know. That's all they know. They don't know any different. In their minds and their world, they're not doing anything wrong because it's not wrong. It's all they know. Ruth, this was all she knew until until Naomi came to town. Naomi and her husband, Imelech, and her two sons, they disobeyed God. And they went to live in the land of Moab. And within a year of living there in Moab, her husband dies. And then her sons decided to disobey God again and break the law of God, and they married Moabite women. Ruth was one of those women. And for nine years, for nine years, Ruth was married to Naomi's son, and she was a wife. And I believe that she listened to the stories of Abraham's heritage and the the Bible stories of the Old Testament that Naomi would tell as they probably worked together and cooked together and spent time together. Now, nine years is a long time to be married and not have a child, especially in the Old Testament days, especially in the Old Testament days. She was married for nine years and no children. And who knows, who knows whether Ruth had miscarriages? I don't know. Or maybe she was absolutely barren up until that point. Maybe maybe she just could not conceive. But I know it was hard on her. Every woman that struggles with infertility, um, that it's a hard thing. It's a makes you question your worth. It makes you question um, your uh, what you're able to to bring into the marriage. In my heart of hearts, though, I think that Naomi most likely shared the story of Sarah giving birth at 90 years old and the miracle of baby Isaac. I believe Naomi encouraged her. Nine years, nine years of being part of a family that was different. And this family knew things and they could explain things so easily And they completely took these things for granted that this Moabite woman was hungry to know and understand. And then, tragedy struck again. I know you know this story. Naomi's sons died as well. So now, leaving this this leaves these women destitute in their current situation. And a choice had to be made. For my Christian brothers and sisters... You might have made some wrong turns like Naomi. You might have rebelled. You wound up in Moab. But here's the good news. You don't have to die in Moab. You don't have to die in Moab. Maybe, maybe family members talked you into going down the wrong road. Maybe it wasn't all your fault. Maybe it was. Moab is a place that you don't belong in. And you know if you're in a Moab or not. You know if you have left Bethlehem, the breadbasket. You know if you've left that place that God intended for you and went down to somewhere you're not supposed to be. 
a choice has to be made. A choice to stay in Moab, to stay in Moab and die because of the shame of returning empty and facing the gossip you know awaits you. I've seen so many white knuckles in church, on church pews, that people, and and I would know in my heart that God's Holy Spirit was convicting them and that they wanted to come back. They wanted to return from that prodigal living. They, They wanted to not be a backslider anymore. They wanted to come. But the shame of getting up in front of those people made them stay and let me tell you if you stay in that pew and instead of going up and and reconnecting you're going to die in Moab you don't have to die in Moab you can return to what you know was right Naomi decided to go back home and Ruth decided (laughs) that she wasn't going alone Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 says, But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And this is my favorite part. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me. Ruth was all in. And I believe that both of them had in their minds that they were probably going to die. That they had nothing to sustain them. And they were probably going to die. But they decided if if they were going to die, they're not going to die in Moab and they're going to die together. Here's a bit of advice for those who have been living in the land of Moab. When you come to yourself, like Naomi, like the prodigal son did, and you decide to go home to your father, be like Naomi and bring someone up out of that pit with you. Bring them out of Moab too. Take them back to where where you come from. You know the story of Ruth. Ruth followed Naomi and she stayed with her. And here's some of the main points that I want to make. Ruth knew. Ruth knew that there was no chance. None. Zip, zero, nada, nothing. No chance of her ever being married again. Because no Israelite man would marry her. And I've heard this preached so many times that Ruth came out looking for a husband. She did not go to Bethlehem looking for a husband. She went because she was willing to give up everything to serve God and to be with Naomi. She was willing to give up everything she had for this God of Israel. That is the sinner coming to repentance, leaving everything behind. All that you have, all the chances to be somebody and you give it up because there's a God that you want to serve. And He's the only God. He's the one true God. Ruth wasn't out in the field looking for a Boaz. 
She was out looking for food because she was hungry. She wasn't looking for anyone to save her. She was trusting God to provide her daily bread. And here's the thing about Ruth that I love. She didn't sit and wait for God to deliver it to her on a silver platter. Ruth got up. She rolled up her sleeves. She got dirty and sweaty. She smelled because in one part of the story, you'll see that Naomi has to tell her, Ruth, go wash yourself. Put on some perfume. Make yourself put on something clean. Ruth wasn't out husband hunting. She was working. And that, um, the one thing that is proven about God is that when you go out in faith expecting Him to move, He does. He does. And He never does it in the same way. Okay, now here's some fake news I want to clear up. This is just, I'll get on my soapbox for a minute. <laughs> because I've heard it. I've just heard it so many times of, of different ones preaching this message and saying, you know, Ruth caught this. She was out there in the field and she just caught the attention of of this of Boaz and this. She was just this beautiful woman and, and she was a looker. And, you know, it, it's not true. Not true. First of all, I grew up on a farm. Now, I never worked as hard as Ruth and I, I have not worked as hard as as many many people but I I did used to um help with um the tobacco with my grandparents and and picking peas and corn and all that kind of stuff and and they would hire helpers and let me tell you after a day in the field um first of all you got your head down you're working nobody can see what you look like you've got sweat running down and you don't smell good I don't even these were the days before deodorant (laughs) um Ruth was not a beautiful woman. The men who penned the Bible, I've noticed this in reading it through several, several times, the men who penned the Bible, they never pass up an opportunity to compliment a woman's beauty. They never pass that opportunity up. They they talk about how beautiful Sarah was. They talk about Rachel and Bathsheba, how Bathsheba was a beautiful woman with a beautiful figure. Esther, they said she had a beautiful figure. And there's several more. I don't have time to go through all of them. But the men that pen the Bible never give up the opportunity to compliment a woman's beauty of their figure or their fair countenance anywhere they get the chance. And nowhere in this book of Ruth, nowhere is there a hint of any beauty associated with Ruth. And I love that because I I love the book of Esther and I love how her beauty won her this, this position. God used that woman's beauty to open a door. Well, he, it didn't take beauty to open this door for Ruth. It took obedience. And I love that because not everyone possesses an outer beauty. Okay? Men, women, whoever, not everyone possesses that outer beauty that some people have. But anybody, anybody can possess this internal beauty. This beauty that comes with this attitude of, I won't give up. I, look, she, Ruth, we're talking about Ruth, she made herself a reputation by the kindness and the love that she showed Naomi. Her work ethic made her noticeable 
It was not her looks that got Boaz's attention. It was her knowledge and adherence to the law of Moses. She knew what the rules were that she could go glean. That got his attention. He knew the reputation people in town were talking about this this foreign woman who came back to die with Naomi and who's willing to do anything to help her. Ruth made a name for herself just by being obedient and being passionate and loving someone. That's what made her beautiful. And Boaz, (laughs) I want to get some stuff straight about Boaz too. Boaz was even older than Naomi. And Naomi had already declared that she was too old to have a husband. Boaz was not a strapping, handsome young fella checking the fields for hot babes every day. Not who Boaz was. He was most likely a widower. He was content in just checking on his investments and enjoying the life he had built. He was an older man. And he even mentions later in the story when he compliments Ruth because she didn't chase after the younger men. Boaz did not need a wife. He was established. He wasn't looking for a wife because if he was, there were plenty of women in Israelite uh, in Israel um, that would have been a much better choice according to the law. But here's the thing about Boaz. He saw a woman who had no means to live, who was destined for destruction as his mother Rahab once had been. He knew the story of how his mother had been a prostitute in Jericho. But when the opportunity came, she helped the Israelite spies and God saved her family. Do y'all remember that? She put the the scarlet thread um, in, in the in the window and because of that God blessed her and they became a blessed family in Israel that was his mother now Boaz has the opportunity to return the favor he decided to make sure that Ruth and Naomi's needs were met but here's the most symbolic part of the story in my opinion Naomi She's God's witness, okay? God's witness had to explain to Ruth that she could ask for more. She could ask for more than just having her needs met. She was entitled to ask for more. As Christians, it is our duty to tell our friends that they don't just need to know about Jesus. Not just just know about him. Not just receive his charitable gifts. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. We're all going to, to get things we need just because he's just a good God. And it's not just about hanging out in his, quote, his fields. Hanging out with the right crowd or the church. Being in the field with the right people. No, 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 no. They need to ask him to accept them. They need to offer themselves in covenant with Him to have a relationship, a proposal from the sinner to the Redeemer to be together forever. And Ruth, Ruth, this picture of a sinner 
who owns absolutely nothing. She has not a thing to her name. She has nothing to offer. She's got a messed up past, a messed up heritage, a a failed marriage, no children. She has nothing of value to bring to the table. As a sinner, she humbly asked the one who had the power to redeem her to do it. And you know what? He did it. He did it. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be answered unto you. Friends, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If anyone comes to Him and sincerely asks to be redeemed by Him, He'll do it. He'll do it. That's what He came to the earth to do. And here's the wonderful part. From that union comes the fruit of the kingdom. Childless Ruth for over a decade. Once she's redeemed and married to Boaz, gives birth to a son that is in the lineage of David that leads to Jesus. And in the book of Ruth, it says, And all the people rejoiced at the birth of Obed. And it reminds me of this verse in Luke chapter 15, verse 10. It says, or Jesus is talking, and he says, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. If you are a Naomi, if you are in a Naomi, if you're living in that land of Moab and you know that's not where you're supposed to be, you know there's stuff going on in your life and around you and your surroundings and it's not the place that God would have you to be. If you're a Naomi, come out of Moab and bring somebody with you. If you're a Ruth, repent. Turn away from your past way of life. Give up everything and humble yourself and ask to be redeemed. And then the fruit of the union with your kinsman redeemer will cause even the angels to shout for joy. He has good plans for you, friend. Come out of Moab. Come to your kinsman redeemer. God bless you, friends.